Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call Story Chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid-back way. So sit back, relax. Unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. We here at Stories the True and the Fictional love giving shout-outs to authors, both seasoned and new. Today we're giving a special shout-out to author Julian Mims from New Providence in the Bahamas. He has a book out called Sandy Black and the Seven Giants. Just before her mother passes away, Sandy Black is told the truth about her father, a man she has never known. The shocking news will reveal an extraordinary new world filled with high adventure, fantastical realms and creatures beyond her wildest dreams. Buy a copy of Sandy Black and the Seven Giants at truevinepublishing.org or follow the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome guys to this episode of Story Chat. Um, we've got a guest, Dan Dan Lehman. Is that how we pronounce your name? It is indeed. Perfect. As in Lehman's terms. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> do you want to discuss your terms? Um, <laughs> uh, how are you, Dan? I'm doing all right. Um, uh, I'm, we, like I just mentioned a moment ago, we were uh, running a Kickstarter. That all just got wrapped up and all that. And um spending a lot of time with my daughter so been doing all right how about you guys yep going well yeah nice and cold here this morning i woke up and actually put the heater on for the first time um because over here we're we're sort of well we're, we're in autumn which is fall for you so it's just starting to get really 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 cold <laughs> now now yeah. uh excuse my americanism but what's cold to you because over here um, they kind of portray australia as like always yeah so no it's... not quite it's been a, it's been a weird one this summer is our coldest summer ever um okay. we had more rain this summer than we've had in any summer in i think the last 20 to 25 years um oh. yeah so at the moment i can i can tell you right exactly with my trusty <laughs> smartphone what the degrees is at the moment we are sitting at and i'm in sydney we are at a balmy four degrees. Four degrees. That's, and that's yeah, Celsius, oh, that's, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, yeah Celsius. So yeah. So probably I think like 42 degrees? Yeah, something like that. Okay, so that is a little cold. I don't, I, I don't, I haven't converted Fahrenheit to Celsius in a long yeah. time. So <laughs> I think it's been think since I'm like ninth grade. So Well, the weirdest, the weirdest thing over here is I'm because where my computer's set, I've got a window. And it, you wouldn't think it'd, it'd be this cold. It's a beautiful blue sky, sun's out, everything like that. But it is absolute. And I, I don't feel the cold at all. I'm not a person who feels the cold. So if I think it's cold, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the so, same way. Our, our weather here has been all over the place. That's yeah. a roller coaster. It's been, we, we had a couple of days last week where it was 85 degrees Fahrenheit. And then, you know, two days went by and it snowed. Yeah. <laughs> what is this why is it you remember yesterday when we packed away our long sleeve shirts yeah, because it was officially anymore. summertime <laughs> not anymore no not at all no global warming doesn't exist of course but um <laughs> we won't go into that. Like, that that's another podcast um but um no i just like it how in australia we're known for having about four different seasons in one day yeah um you know so recently probably about a month or two ago and um i was at work and i work right near a um like a massive massive uh creek and if that floods it will break the it breaks the road and we we're stuck so it was my second day at my brand new job and they said oh just a heads up you might you might have to evacuate um and work from home and i'm like yeah okay why a beautiful sunny day uh within about an hour it had turned into a torrential rainfall and we got evacuated. I got home. It was then sunny again. And then at about four o'clock in the afternoon, it was, my street was almost flooded. So yeah, it's, nice. it's, it's crazy times out here in Australia at the moment. 
yeah everywhere <laughs> yeah pretty much but that anyway that's not why we haven't gotten you on to talk about weather we've gotten you on to talk about some amazing amazing an amazing kickstarter but we'll get into that soon but we're gonna we always crack in with the icebreaker questions just to get to know our guests a little bit um so if it's okay with you daniel we'll kick it off now with those icebreakers all right excellent so i'll take the first one because you like I'm the, the boss um yeah i like the third question <laughs> and jamie doesn't have a say in it he just tells me he just reads the ones that i don't want to read um so <laughs> Uh, so Daniel, if you could get rid of one thing in this world, what would it be? See, when that's a tough one because the fantasy author in me really wants to say like some legal fae like loophole answer where the lack of magic is what I would get rid of. And <laughs> but that that's kind of adding something. So I feel like it's avoiding the spirit of the question. So if I had to pick you know what one thing i would go with misunderstandings i feel like if, if we mm. got rid of misunderstandings we'd be able to clear up a lot of the crap that goes on in the world 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. and look daniel because because you are on our podcast i'm going to allow your first getting rid of the lack of magic because awesome. <laughs> we, we are we are massive fantasy buffs here with me and jamie we're in a uh, a Dungeons and Dragons live role playing podcast for about three years, so we're we're, we're all about that. So yeah, <laughs> that's hey, actually uh, you, how you, I you... research all my characters. I play <laughs> I play them in Dungeons and Dragons. No, oh, that's cool. So yeah, no, it's, I, I've explained it to a couple of different authors trying to figure out how just creating a person mm -hmm. with a personality and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and if you play them in D and D not only do you get to decide like their personality, but you also run them through experiences that you didn't necessarily think of. Yep. So you get a feel for how they would respond in these other circumstances. So I don't mm -hmm. know. It helps me. No, hundred percent. And you know, we've been into Dungeons and Dragons for a very, very, very long time. We love our fantasy. Obviously we all grew up on Lord of the Rings, um, the books and the films, um, you know, so we we've been, well, I'll ha happily allow magic into this world if it was possible. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It'd make uh, life a hell of a lot more interesting. What edition did you guys start playing in? Um, me personally, I started on third a long, 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 long time ago before I met Jamie and the best um, edition and the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. No, no, to, look, to be honest, we started, uh, we we played on our podcast fifth edition, um, which which look, I, I guess because we did it so much. Um, I kind of fall towards that, but our our DM also incorporated. We sort of molded it to suit this because we're storytellers, so we kind of molded to suit that. So we also used the fusion system, which I can um, really enjoy using. Um, we did. I think our first campaign was in fifth edition, and then we moved over to fusion, which was actually really interesting. Um, you know, more combat based style. So gotcha. we I really enjoyed that. Murder too. hobos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I played in high school third edition, so that's what I started on. Um, but yeah, I do, I do like. I never played fourth. Uh, I never played Pathfinder. Um, but I, I fifth edition, fourth. yeah, it was not for me. <laughs> I tried so hard to get into it because I loved everything D and D I ever got my hands on. Yeah, fifth, fifth felt a lot a lot closer to third um almost too close because when we first started playing fifth we ended up extremely overpowered because there were <laughs> certain rules from third and 3.5 that we just mm -hmm. knew off the top of our hands so we never bothered to look it up in fifth edition your mm -hmm. first level you get a feat yep your third <laughs> level you get a feat in fifth level <laughs> or in fifth edition you, you don't you don't do that with feats. <laughs> they're oh, supposed wow. to be rare <laughs> so you you guys so would be, made for some... you guys would get to like a pack of skeletons and you'd be god mode enabled pretty much well we took we took demogorgon at level four like we just <laughs> <laughs> two two monks using using third edition rules and what the book for monk says in fifth edition mm -hmm. and yeah, it was it was not pretty. <laughs> like, it was not pretty at all. <laughs> but you know, it's oh, just wow. 
AC alone in in fifth edition, mm-hmm. you get a you get a twenty one AC and you're good. You yeah, can, pretty much you can carry that twenty one AC up <laughs> up ten fifteen levels. And yeah. <laughs> in third edition, if you don't have twenty one AC by level two, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, third oh edition. man. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I started that was a long time ago when I started on that. So it's um I suppose it was a good jumping on point for me. Yeah. So all right, Jamie, do you want to take the next question? All right, Dan. Well, tell us something that's on your bucket list. I want to go to Scotland. I want I want to uh me and my wife visit Scotland. Mm-hmm. I was actually born there, as you can tell by my okay. thick accent. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was born in in Thurso, Scotland. I came over to wow. America when I was four, and uh, okay. I've I've lived here ever since. And you know, I just I see it in movies and stuff like that, and I just see it before I die. And yeah, other than other than like stereotypical stuff, like I want to see my kids grow up and be happy and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But the only thing that I truly want to do just for me is go see Scotland. My uh, my my people are from Scotland as well, from Glasgow. So um, I feel I want to. My dad's had the had the privilege of going over and you know touring pretty much all over. Uh, it's on my bucket list too. I'm. Yeah, beautiful country over there. I'd absolutely love to go. I've never been, so I'd love to to go over and explore. Yeah, uh, I, we get a lot of people I, saying that. I don't, I don't know what uh what the the city, if you want to call it that, the town that I was born in. I don't know what they look like now. I'm too afraid to Google it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when I was when I was born there, it was an extremely small town. Um, mm-hmm. Like the doctor who delivered me actually had to go home because he had a sheep in labor at the same time. <laughs> so, like, and then I came out with hair looking like this and the common, <laughs> the common joke was that he mixed them up, but uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hopefully now that the world is sort of opening up a bit, um, you know, we can start making those, those things on our bucket list a little bit more real. Yeah. Uh, okay all right the next question is the ultimate question so this one for me is my ultimate judgment question um if if you've listened to our podcast you know i don't really mince words so i will judge harshly daniel on this question (laughs) so uh, (laughs) no it's all fun and games um so first of all this can be a two-parter if you need it to be so what is the greatest sitcom ever made and if it's not your favorite what is your favorite That that's a tough one. I've been thinking about it for a while because I saw it on the list and I just mm-hmm. picking one is extremely difficult for me because they mm-hmm. all have their own good thing. It's yeah. Like, I'll I'll sit down and watch Seinfeld and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'll sit down yep. and watch, you know, uh I can't even remember the name of it, the one with uh Frazier. It's called Frasier. Frasier, yeah. <laughs> um, Frasier, uh, that 70s show, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll watch any of them. The whole, I just, it's so natural the way everything goes. But if I had to pick one, I would have to go with The Office. Mm-hmm. I, and I know, US I know people UK hate version? it. Huh? I the haven't US actually the seen the version. I haven't actually seen the UK version. It's not available okay. over here. So the, it would be the, the US version. Yep. And then they took that off. So that's not available over here anymore either. But unless oh, really? I get yet another streaming service. Yeah, we're, we're lucky over here. We've got it on a few out here. Um, because, you know, in, we take offense to nothing. So we just <laughs> they don't take anything down, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I'm actually in the middle of a rewatch, uh, my second or third rewatch of the series at the moment. Um, absolutely fantastic show. Steve Carell is Michael Scott in my eyes and always yeah. will be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's something I put on when I've had a rough day and I just want to have a bit of a laugh. Yeah. You know, so 100% on board with that. Um, if you do get a chance to check out the... UK version anytime, Ricky Gervais, it, it's fantastic as well. 
Um, it's only, I think it's not as big as a commitment because the UK like only believe in having six episodes. <laughs> yeah, six episodes a season. So it's only 12 episodes to watch. Um, okay. But yeah, it, it's, abs- it's, it's really good. I'm a massive Ricky Gervais fan. And um, yeah, that show is fantastic. Gotcha. I don't know actors and actresses' names all that well. So I, I okay. don't know who Ricky Gervais, Gervais you said. Yeah, he's the guy that did that speech at the Oscars a couple of years back and just like offended everyone. <laughs> wow. The, I, I know one thing that happened at the Oscars and I'm supposed to keep it out of my mouth. <laughs> I ain't trying to get slapped. <laughs> oh man, that was like, I lost so much respect for Will Smith on, after that event. Like he was one of my favorite actors. And yeah. I would pretty much watch anything that he was in. I just love just... the dumbfounded look on, on Kevin Hart's oh. face where he's just like, oh. Will Smith just left the show. Like, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this or not. But... Yeah, you can swear. That's fine. Okay. I swear all the time. <laughs> yeah, just, the, just the Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. Like, yeah. was just so, he was just so dumbfounded by it. Like, I, he couldn't actually believe it just happened. Yeah. But what I, what I I said is, um, you see, you see Will Smith actually laughing at the joke. He then looks at his wife's face. He's not impressed, and then telepathically she said, "You better get up there and defend me." And then he just goes into, yeah. I saw that online. There's all kinds of people posting mm. things like August wouldn't have let him say that about me, and then Will Smith <laughs> marching up to the stage. Like, Got a lot of good memes uh, out of it. Um, yeah. 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 Fair Let's enough. move on to the zombie apocalypse. Um, have you got a plan over there? Um, realistically, I would die. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm not the most uh, physically fit person. I, I'm a pack a day smoker. I so I, rule number one with the cardio. I'm 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 already gone. <laughs> but I mean, I am I am a fantasy writer. By law, mm-hmm. I am required to own a sword, so I have a sword in case, you know, I want to sword fight zombies, but uh-huh. it is weighted for display, not for combat, so I'd get tired quickly, and I don't know, I, th- I think I'd make it a, a couple of weeks. We, we do have a McDonald's right down the street, so as long as they stayed open, I'd be good. Let's <laughs> say that's what you could do. What you could do is you could hurt all the zombies in there, put them to work. And then they can just, you know, I mean, it doesn't take much to work at Macca's or McDonald's, so you can just put them behind the counter and um, they can just start serving and then you'd be sweet. You'd last more, a hell of a lot longer than for a few weeks. Well, our, our McDonald's doesn't even require people behind the counter anymore. Well, there you, you go. You place the order yourself on a touch screen when you walk in. It's, it's kind of they do have someone who sits behind the counter and watches you do it. Not really sure why. <laughs> not, not really sure why. <laughs> the point of automation is to replace them, not just... <laughs> especially because I've seen some older people come in and have trouble with the touch screen. They don't know how to work the technology. Oh, They're like, can you with this? And the person behind the counter is like, nope <laughs> the, the the old people the what old are people you doing say, the old people just say can you help me with that then the uh, person behind the counter rolls a stealth check no sorry you can't <laughs> see me <laughs> why are you rolling oh, dice well. at work <laughs> don't tell me how to do my job <laughs> uh, this 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 last question is one of my favorites as well uh mr elon musk gives you a call and says Daniel, I've just invented an electric time machine and I want you to be the first person ever to test drive it. Where do you go and what do you do? See, I need one point of clarification for this. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to come back to, to now? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I leave and then whatever happens, I come back to right yeah. now. Yeah, you so he gives you a watch which has a button and as soon as you're ready to come back, providing the watch is not damaged, you press the button and you're back to your own time. Okay. When I come back to my own time, does anything I have with me come with me? Like if I jump a thousand years into the future and pick up a hover car and then jump back in time, do I have the hover car? Oh, yeah, we'll we'll allow it. Yeah. 
All right. But then I... you have to fit. You have to be able to fit the the item <laughs> in your hands. Okay. Okay. So not a hover car. Yeah. Maybe a hoverboard, but not a hover. Yeah, car. hoverboard. Okay. Hoverboard Marty McFly style. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I think what I would do is probably about a year in the future, uh, and take okay. a spiral ring notebook with me, um, mm -hmm. and write down literally everything the stock market did. Uh, and every winning Powerball number, every every lottery number, and come back and uh, then invest heavily. And um, anytime I saw somebody that was you know having a rough day, I'd give them a lottery ticket with the winning numbers on it. Well, well, Daniel, I I just like to tell you I'm having a bit of a rough day today. Um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and time travel and get you a lottery ticket. <laughs> so we, we like to call that the uh, Biff Tannen approach to time travel. Exactly. Um, yes. <laughs> Only, I, I would want to go forward and then come back so that I don't disrupt anything current. Because with I've met me. I know my luck. <laughs> if I go back in time to do something similar, some mm -hmm. butterflies somewhere would sneeze incorrectly and then I would have never been born and yeah. all of a sudden my my wife is married to a turtle and it would just ruin <laughs> everything so that's, and then there'd be uh there'd be a mediocre Ashton Kutcher movie about you or you know it's just like it'd be called it'd be called the see, Daniel Butterfly Effect see so. <laughs> I don't I don't think that movie was mediocre I think that movie no? was awesome for one main reason they What's released that? it into theaters and had a different ending sent to all these different theaters and just didn't tell anybody. Oh, wow. And people years later were arguing over the ended mm -hmm. until they were in the middle of this argument and they looked it up and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, how did I not yeah. know? <laughs> like, I did hear about crazy. that. I did hear that they sent out they sent out a fair few different endings to different places and and then they compiled them all on the DVD release I think so that people could just actually see the <laughs> different endings. Yeah. So, look, I think it was a good movie for its time. I'm just I just like. Oh, don't get me wrong. It was riddled with plot holes. It was yeah, riddled it was. With, like the whole <laughs> prove to my cellmate that I'm Jesus by stabbing yeah. my hands on these paper clips. That's not how timelines work. You've always had those scars now. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't have proven anything to him because he's exactly. always known you as having those scars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's yeah. It was it was an all right movie. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, 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 it was all right for time. It's better than the live action Avatar: The Last Airbender. So, oh, no, it's a low bar, but it's, yeah. but it's a bar nonetheless. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to block that movie from my mind. As a fan of the actual cartoon, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to block that from my mind permanently. You don't and like the Ongong? I don't like any of it. I don't like that. Like I'm a fan of M Night Shyamalan, and he just, he just said, okay, here's Avatar: The Last for Airbender. He wrote the script, took a big shit on it. And then put it out into the universe. <laughs> and if we yeah, had our it's... friend, our other friend Chris on here, who's a massive, massive Avatar Airbender fan, uh, this this podcast would go for about seven and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just off. Oh. So let's not get started on that. Okay. <laughs> I watched Spider Man last night. I'm in a My good bad. place mentally <laughs> for movies. All right. I just said <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but no, that's okay. We'll, we'll forgive you this time. But let's get to the reason why we've actually got you on this podcast. Um, okay. We want to talk about... So first of all, we're going to talk about, obviously, your Kickstarter with four of... Is it pronounced a kind? Yes, like, like okay. a pun like would imply. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. But first of all, tell us about how you got into writing, like how you started on this journey and, and give us a bit of background. Okay. So when I was super young, I got started on Hooked on Phonics. I'm, do you guys have that in Australia? Hooked on uh, Phonics? I don't, don't think so. It's a little uh, learn to read thing for, for like young, young children. And I started awesome. at like three. So by the time I was in kindergarten, I was reading very well. I was reading um, Animorphs, if you're familiar with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know Applegate. Yeah. Um, yep. 
and that was in kindergarten all my peers were you know learning the abcs at the time and i would just get a pass because i could already read um and then things went on but reading writing for that matter was always this unobtainable thing it wasn't a thing that real people did it was this mysterious thing kind of like being a movie star that's just it it wasn't an obtainable goal it was just these are the people who wrote if you want to read something you have to get something from them and then in third grade I had a creative writing teacher who um showed me that you know you you anyone can write it's not just something for these random names on books it's anybody can do it and she gave us this creative writing assignment and we're supposed to do three paragraphs on whatever we wanted and I turned mine in two weeks late so I lost some points but it was 36 pages long so I got a couple extra points (laughs) because I had gone so far above and beyond and she had talked to me a little bit about being a writer and so on and um long story short uh after years and years and years of messing with it as a hobby I finally decided to like settle down and write a book an, an actual book not not a fanfic or anything like that just an actual thing that I created everything in it and go from there does that Answer your question. I uh, gotta be honest. I forgot yeah. the question at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. We're just, we're just like how you ha- just an introduction on how you got into writing. So yeah, that that, gotcha. that definitely answers the question. Gotcha. Okay. Mid brand. Do you want to take the next one? Yeah, no, that's okay. We we do that <laughs> a lot. No, do you want to take the next one, Jamie? I think I will take the next one. Um, is there any like um like are your favorite books, um, authors that inspired you to to get better at what you do? Um, there's, there's three who inspired me in a good way. Um, and one who inspired me in a bad way. (laughs) Um, there, uh, R.A. Salvatore, if you're familiar with him, I'm assuming because D&D fantasy nerds, you guys, Driss, Saga, he he was a big Mm -hmm. one. Anne Rice for Interview with the Vampire. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then J.K. Rowling, uh, for her books and her books alone um nothing to do with her personality (laughs) just to be clear (laughs) i agree i agree um and then the the bad inspiration would be stephanie meyer um Mm -hmm. for twilight Twilight. Um, yeah because i don't know there's something so motivating about the fact that if you can bedazzle a corpse and still make it into a viable product that people enjoy if if she can do it you can do it like you know what i mean <laughs> it's the ultimate Look, will, go get him tiger oh <laughs> uh, yeah pretty much like, i will admit i do the, i have read the books and i do really 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 enjoy the books um, the twilight books the, yeah the twilight books yeah not so much the movie um <laughs> because obviously as, and i don't hold anyone responsible for that because it's impossible to get everything into a two-hour movie you know what yeah. i mean um, but yeah, I, do, I definitely, I grew up on Harry Potter. I love the Harry Potter books, read them many, 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 many times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. Like, I, it's, I like how you've got a lot of different elements of different types of fantasy in your inspiration there. You know, you've got the supernatural fantasy, you've got the wizards and warlocks, like obviously you've got you've D&D as well, but the Harry Potter side of things. And then, you know, with Anne Rice, I'm a big Anne Rice fan. Um, you know, the, the fact that you're taking from different elements of the fantasy world. Um, I think that's good. You're not just sticking to one. Okay, I'm just going to go with like the fantasy side of things, the wizards and warlocks and all that kind of thing. So I think that's really good. Yeah, and Anne Rice was was something uh, something good. She uh, um, she actually bought a copy of my book the first time I published. Wow. Because um, oh, wow. I reached out. I reached out to her, J.K. Rowling, and R.A. Salvatore. It was pre-J.K. Rowling's thing. Reached out to Mm -hmm. each of them to say, hey, look, I wanted to thank you guys for inspiring me to write. Um, So if you could give me a P.O. box, um, Mm -hmm. I'd like to send you a signed copy as thanks. 
And JK Rowling's assistant got back to me and said, you know, she's not going to have time for that. Um, you might as well just throw the book in the trash because if it gets here, that's what we're going to do. Cool. <laughs> like, that's, thanks. <laughs> like, that's, that's super supportive. And wow. then Mario Salvatore got back to me and he's like, that's awesome. You know, I have a, I have a bookshelf dedicated to books like these. Um, I am going to be upfront with you. I probably won't have time to read the whole thing, but it will be on my bookshelf of honor forever. Like that's wow. just, that's what I do with these kinds of things. And I was like, that's awesome, man. It doesn't get better than that. And then Anne Rice decided to prove him wrong <laughs> or prove me wrong. <laughs> she swooped in and she's like, I'm not going to give you my PO box because you supported me all these years in my dream. The least I can do is support you and yours. So send me a link. I'll buy it. I'll let you know what I think. Yeah, right. You'll let me know what you think. And I, I sent her the link. And she got back to me a couple days later and she's like, I really liked it. And your one character actually kind of reminds me of Claudia and she like in-depth description. And I was like, what the, <laughs> like, holy shit, man. Wow. She's suing you for plagiarism. And, no, um. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have been told that she was very, uh, very anti uh, fanfic and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, if, if she was gonna, go that route i feel like she would have um and one guy actually suggested on reddit that maybe she suggested that my character gabrielle reminded her of claudia to see if i would say something along the lines of oh that's who inspired her or yeah. something like that so that she could go ha ha gotcha bitch and run <laughs> off to the lawyer <laughs> like but i don't know to me she was always extremely nice and the oh, whole wow. interaction was so so wholesome and i was sad to see her go yeah no and and that's such a really you know what we never hear stories like that you know i mean jk rowling i kind of not gonna lie to you as much as i love harry potter i kind of expected that um because you know like even when charities reach out to her that i've heard some stories that they're just like we don't want anything to do with that so um charities are one thing though i'm not asking you for money no, i'm literally exactly. giving you something and you're yeah. like yeah free is too expensive yeah. <laughs> thanks but no like, thanks but to, to hear to hear those other two positive experiences i mean that must make you feel really good yeah two out of three is not bad at all oh that, and especially what, those that, two out of three yeah yeah i'll tell you what that those two interactions carried me through because i i published four four years ago the first time around and i i went about it the whole wrong way which is why i've switched publishers and redoing everything and but uh in those four years i've sold about 80 books like last last year for taxes i think i had to claim like two dollars and fifty cents worth of profit for the year it, oh, <laughs> like wow. it, it was not it was not a financially successful book, but stuff mm -hmm. like Anne Rice and Ari Salvatore's responses are enough to make me go, I'm going to go ahead and keep writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one other person who I mean, out as well, but she's not, she's not famous. So I won't mention her. I won't name drop her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but look, at the end of the day, that's, that's what you need. You know I mean? If they're, they're both successful accredited writers and they're saying, we want you to continue on this path. We want to support you. Um, there's nothing more, nothing better than that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, wow, that must be amazing. That's a great story. And thank you for sharing that with us on our podcast because I think um, we want to, we, we don't do this, obviously, we don't do this for the fame or the money or anything like that. We just want to help authors get their work out there, get more people reading, get more people interested in different kinds of books and i'm not i've discovered so many amazing books since we started doing this podcast um yeah. so many authors we've had on um that have just hooked me um and i've ended up you know buying their books and and reading them and and my bookshelf is growing you know what yeah. i mean like whether it's my digital bookshelf because i do buy a lot digitally because i like to take it with me when i when i go to work and when i travel and um and also physically, like I've, I've actually bought physical copies or got physical copies of our guests. And that's what we want to try and do. We just, 
you know, I couldn't care less if we never made a cent off this podcast. Um, I just want to help authors get their stuff so out there. That's thank you for for saying that because I've tried to explain that that theory to so many people and people don't seem to really get it. Um, no. like I I would rather be Tolkien than Rowling at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Like, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. If I made billions of dollars off of my book, I wouldn't go, shucks. Like, this no, is no, so no, unacceptable. Exactly. I'm but so that's mad not your about motivation. having made money. But so I would rather make a, make a world that lives on yeah. and you know, uh, inspires others to write and create and so on and so forth. That's, yeah. that's why I write, not, not yeah. so that I can make money. Mm. It'd be nice to be yeah. able to pay the bills with it, but yeah, at the end exactly. of the day, that's not the reason. That's not the motivation behind why you write. And I think if you're doing it, if you're writing purely and simply because you want to get famous and you want money, you, the stories are not going to be as good. Yeah. You know what have, I mean? Like, have, you ever, have you ever read anything by Nora Roberts? No, I haven't actually. I have. She, uh, she tends to write romance uh, okay. style of stuff um, and then throws fantasy into the mix. Mm -hmm. um in trilogies um she has some other stuff that i've been told doesn't do the same thing that angers me about what her trilogies do but her trilogies she has about 50 billion of them and they follow a very specific formula you know once you've read one trilogy you know what's going to happen in every single one of her trilogies yeah. it's, it's almost like reading a mad libs where she just oh okay she changed some character names okay and oh it's not vampires this time it's werewolves okay okay <laughs> and oh they're not in scotland they're in ireland those are two completely different things yeah. like and it's yeah. just th there's so much similarity between the two that it or between the 50 million that it makes it really hard to enjoy more than one trilogy so it's like an you adam sandler um film <laughs> A lot like all that, the same yeah. formula where yeah, yeah yeah where it's just like she figured out she could do it well in yeah. that setup and you know she makes a lot of money because she's got a lot of books and i don't know if you guys know this about romance novels they sell like hotcakes they Thank romance <laughs> novel readers yeah romance novels they people who read romance consume it the way most people consume other forms of inappropriate mm -hmm. content that I don't want to uh, <laughs> mention on your podcast. <laughs> exactly. So whereas a fantasy, an avid fantasy reader might read like one or two, maybe even three entire fantasy books a week, these guys might go through that in two days <laughs> and just they burn through the books and they keep buying more and keep buying more and they don't really care that the plot is you know help me step sis i'm stuck like <laughs> in in scotland and there's a vampire they, they don't care they're they're there for one reason and one reason only and exactly. it sells a lot yeah yeah and you know as i said you, you, I, I i jamie uses the adam sandler reference i actually love Adam Sander and pretty much every single movie he does. As do I. Um, and maybe it's just maybe it is that. Maybe it is what you're saying. It's comfortable. Like, it's being comfortable. It's, it's you know what it's you're humor gonna porn. Get. Yeah, it's humor porn. Yeah. You know exactly what you're gonna get. You. Yeah. Yep. I want some fart jokes and inappropriate yep. humor, and you know, tossing some slapstick and maybe yep. an inappropriate sexual reference to Chris Farley's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Adam Sandler. That is, that is correct. <laughs> no, and, and, that, and that's it. Yeah. And is is this casual no, I, scream? He's like, "Come on!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. Um, no, I, I like Adam Sandler. I like older Adam Sandler. Well, well, I'm sure Adam Sandler's going to get a lot out of this podcast then, but that's not why we're here. No. Take us through. Take, take we'll us really through boost his audience. Oh, 100%. <laughs> take us through your, uh, your Kickstarter and your book, Four of a Kind. Uh, so the Kickstarter, um, as I said, I made $2.50 last year, so I didn't exactly have a whole bunch of money to 
you know, pay artists to make custom mm -hmm. prints and stuff like that to hand out as rewards. So all yeah. of my rewards were things that I could write. Mm -hmm. um, like I offered um, poems, I offered short stories, I offered um, homebrew content mm -hmm. for the world's greatest role-playing game that I am not allowed to legally name because of the way the <laughs> open gaming license is written. You have to refer to it as the... Uh, world's greatest role-playing game so mm -hmm. we all know what that is <laughs> we do yeah um but homebrew content for that uh one guy actually pulled that up for a, a balcony or a uh kind of like a joke class that focuses on combat in and around balconies um <laughs> or on and around balconies uh the whole point of it is to be just like very dramatic and over the top kind of combat <laughs> as long as it's near a balcony like <laughs> i don't know it's just a lot of interesting things that don't cost me anything but time because mm -hmm. time i can dedicate towards things money there's only so far you can get with two bucks yes <laughs> so and i, I think that's um, a, a lot a great way to go because it's more personalized yeah. and you know i was having a look at the kickstarter um i'm i'm bummed out that i missed out on it because i'd say it only ended a couple of days ago but um, yeah, I, I was looking through that, like the homebrew content, the, you know, the signed bookmarks, the, the poems, the, you know, you write a short story and, and that's, I would much rather something like that than a couple of stickers and a, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just more personal. Yeah. See, I thought, I was hoping a lot of people would go for the homebrew content, even more so than mm -hmm. the higher rewards. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I thought it would be neat to, like as a surprise, if 50 people um, sign up for homebrew content instead of, you know, one big guy donating the same amount of money, um, I could make all of their homebrew content and then compile one PDF mm -hmm. and then send it to each of them as thanks so that all of them have all of the homebrew content I made for the Kickstarter mm -hmm. instead of just the one that they requested. Yeah. And I thought that would be cool. Like you said, you started playing in third edition so you remember those mm -hmm. little pamphlets like tome and blood and stuff like that where it was just yeah. hey here's some stuff you can add in if if you want to and it, mm -hmm. that would be neat to just be able to send everyone one of those but one guy just bought all the homebrew content <laughs> like, so i don't <laughs> he's like oh yeah and add add this oh and add that i want to be a shark add a shark and like, <laughs> everything everything was just the same guy so i can't i can't uh really send it to everyone who backed yeah. these or he's the only one who backed <laughs> that particular option so but yeah i figured the more personal touch might be better and the the poetry um for whatever reason i've been um really good at like dr seuss style poetry um i actually made more money last year ghost writing rap than i did writing <laughs> fantasy because of the oh, fact wow. that i i can just write down rhymes and i i don't know why i i swallowed a fly but yeah. <laughs> like it's i it was something that i thought you know some people might take up um and then it actually got pretty serious because the the guy who signed up he bought a short story and uh and a poem and rather than being something I'm familiar with um, relating to fantasy and uh, that kind of stuff. He basically wants me to memorialize his grandmother who passed away last year at the age of 99. And that's heavy, man. <laughs> like that's, 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 uh, that's, I don't know. I don't know how to even feel about that. That's, that's a big burden. Like I, I can, <laughs> write all kinds of magic for you but when it comes to taking a real person and trying to write a story about them that makes you as somebody who knew them feel like you're there with them mm -hmm. that's rough yeah so i'm definitely I, trying to trying to do the best i can with it well I, th I think that's a that's a great compliment and a great testament to your writing abilities if he if the person that backed that that particular um, perk has the trust and faith in you to to do something 
that personal. I think he's obviously, the person's obviously a great fan of your work and, and believes that you can do something of that magnitude. See, I would like to take that as a compliment, but he hasn't read my work yet. So okay. <laughs> like, I think he's, I think he's having faith without having any proof whatsoever, if that makes sense. He's, he's hoping I do a good job. But I don't, I don't know. I can't really take it as a compliment because he hasn't read the book yet. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? All he's read is a couple of posts on Reddit. So, <sighs> but yeah. So, do you want to do you want to go into a bit of of the story that of the of Four of a Kind for us and give I, our our viewers a bit of an idea on what what the story is about? I can do that. Um, so basically. Uh, Similar to D and D, there's there's two main types of uh, magic users in uh, in my world. There's uh, sorcerers and wizards. Sorcerers are the types who can, you know, cast all day long, but they're kind of one trick ponies. Um, whereas wizards are the versatile ones that exhaust quickly. Um, a kind are a man made hybrid of the two where they used a ritual to um, basically take the strengths of each and forge one new unique type of magic user that can learn on the fly and basically have that unique knack for casting whatever spell that comes to mind. So rather than, you know, your sorcerer who's only good at fire spells or something like that, if, if you think, um, you know, I'd really like to be able to cast web or something like that, but you've never really studied web. It doesn't matter. You've got the knack for it. So you can just cast web now. Um, it all started from a homebrew class I made that ended up being way too overpowered for a balanced campaign, but was just strong enough to make a viable vigilante in a fantasy world. Um, so that's what I did. I, I took four characters, um, Keldon, Ramuk, Gillian, or Gillian, if you'd rather pronounce it like that, <laughs> and uh, Gabrielle, um, who are all these a kind um, and take to a life of vigilantism to, uh, to try and rid the world of evils big and small. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but <laughs> if he were a mage instead yeah. of a spider bit by a radioactive sorcerer <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool um i don't think i've ever heard of anything like that um yeah. did where the idea come from did, did it just come to you or um how'd you, how'd um, you come up with it <laughs> kind of based on uh you know just playing dungeons and dragons and then reading through r.a salvatore specifically it as a dnd nerd you you read R.A. Salvatore stuff, and it kind of feels like this is just somebody telling you about what happened at D&D. Like, really good telling yeah. you about what happened at D&D. But, I mean, this is, Drista Orton is not a character. It's his character. And he's just telling you what his character did last session. <laughs> and it just, it feels like that. And, I don't know, it kind of made me think, what if I did that? What if, what if I took concepts based on role-playing games and, and brought them into a world where they tried to change things for the better? Like, because in D&D, it's always, you know, you have your, your one-shots and your, your small we're only going to make it to level four. You planned a character to make it to level 20, but at level four scheduling issues are going to come up and you're never going to make it past that level. Yeah. And I was like, you know, if, if I take my characters and put them in this world of my creation, then they'll be able to fill their entire plot line. They'll be, they'll be able to go from start to finish without having to worry about who's going to be able to make it on Tuesday and do we have enough Cheetos? You <laughs> <laughs> don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, we ran into a lot of that kind of stuff with one of our players who could, you know, we had to kind of just go, he's, he was a, he was a centaur character and we're like, 
he's off fighting the walls of, you know, really planning <laughs> a wedding. But he was he was off fighting in the wars of a thousand to, just just so we could continue on because we were recording. So, you know, I I, I feel you there, man. I feel you. <laughs> See, I gotta love those random things that were tossed in. We have a homebrew feat that we've used for 15 years now called Epic Movie Death. And Epic Epic Movie Death, what it allows is if if your character dies in combat. Yeah. You're allowed to instead lay there and not die until somebody else comes up to you, at which point you're allowed one minute to talk and then you <laughs> die forever. You cannot be resurrected. You cannot be saved. You're just because there's so many movies where it's like Aunt May. Like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> she was dead. She was de- there's no I'm gonna hang out and have a conversation with Peter. <laughs> like the, yeah, she was dead as soon as that glider here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's there's people who you know get disintegrated and they lay there yeah. on the ground and they're like, I don't feel so good, Mister Stark. <laughs> yeah. like, Look, that's one I'm willing to forgive. That's one I'm willing to forgive because that the moment. Spider sense. Yeah. Oh, seriously, like that moment. I was. I think I was sitting next to Jamie when we watched that movie, and that that was just. I am a very emotional person. Like I get yeah. attached, especially Spider Man is my first. That got me into comics. I've yeah. been reading. I'm 40 now. Spider Man. I've been reading since I was eight, yeah. um, and I still read regularly every for every two weeks. Yeah. And um, and will have me in in pretty much in tears or choked up or goosebumps. Like that know, one. That one death is the one epic movie death that I'll ever mm-hmm. forgive because of the spider sense. Yeah, cause, because and of the, yeah. the whole way it works, it it teaches them how to avoid it and blah 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 mm-hmm. and. Oh, surprise, this one is completely, irrevocably unavoidable. Mm-hmm. What would that feel like? Massive impending doom. <laughs> like, just Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. That's exactly what that feels like. And, and I think so, we should we should honor the honor the the MCU version and call it by its real name, the PD Tingle. Peter Tingle. <laughs> I love that. I last night when I was watching, I was watching um No Way Home with with my housemate. And you can see the the things. I'm like, oh look, it's a Peter Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it has a spider sense. I know spider sense. I've known it as many years, but I just love how they called it the Peter Tingle. Yeah. But so, yeah, with uh, that with that epic movie death, my son actually he was 13, I want to say at the time, and his character died this horrible death. None of us even really remember how he died. But he decided to use his epic movie death. So he's laying there waiting for combat to be over so that we can all go up and hear his dying words. And he goes, you have to save Whoville. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's like your centaur off at a wedding. It's just like, all right, this whole campaign's just been derailed. We had we had plans and plans and plans, and now this character's dying wish is that we're gonna have a Doctor Seuss one shot next to me, next section, evidently. <laughs> and you have to do so, it because it's a dying wish. Yeah, yeah, it's, it. a, it's a dying wish. We had to like we especially especially because it was a dying wish from a kid who's thirteen yeah. and still pretty new to D and D, and I think it was his you first character know. death. So oh, wow. it was just like. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta. And thing one and thing two were three-headed dogs. The Grinch was the mayor. Like it was, <laughs> it, it was an intense, uh, intense one-shot. <laughs> uh, but you can always see that's a good thing about D and D. You can always just explain it away by like, oh, there's a portal. We don't know what's behind the portal. We're just gonna go through, and there, there's Whoville. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's how you can do it. Portals and magic. Magic is everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, magic did it. <laughs> uh, I love how we just get completely off topic and just jump straight into D and D because I, I reckon we could do that as I said for the next seven hours. Um, can I can I ask a question? So now that the Kickstarter is over, and obviously um, you you mentioned it, it was funded three hundred and fifty percent or three hundred fifty yep. whatever that was, which is amazing, which is fantastic. Um, so what when when are people like me and and the rest of our listeners going to be able to to get their hands on it? theoretically from what mm-hmm. i've been told um by my publisher uh who's handling all the editing formatting and all that um mm-hmm. it should be available as of march 17th um i have yet to 
get an exact date on the audiobook because the audiobook the narrator actually caught covid um and was messed up for a good while and Mm -hmm. if in any position that would kind of mess with your ability to work let alone Mm -hmm. one where you're literally narrating a book like a little little rasp in your throat makes a (laughs) makes a big difference all of a sudden your your big bad guy turns into macy gray and (laughs) things aren't the same always blowing their nose yeah (laughs) bad guy all of a sudden has an evil cough (laughs) (laughs) so is that going to be coming out on um audible um, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Um, because I'd like to get my hands on that. So, when obviously when that comes out, I love my audio because I can listen at work as well. Yeah, um, I'm not okay. sure if it's audible specifically. Mm-hmm. I know, um, the publisher I went with, Pandora, mm-hmm. um, they are a small like startup publisher. That's why mm-hmm. we ran a Kickstarter instead of, uh, instead of. The publishing house just covering all of the costs yeah. that they yeah. would normally cover for an author um but uh i know she's trying to stay away from amazon as okay. much as possible um because of the fact that amazon is killing everything else like any any other source of books is just really really trying hard not to drown in in the uh rising tide that is amazon yeah so she's trying to provide an alternative to that i don't know if audible is linked with them or not yeah yeah audible is an amazon thing so okay okay so i'm i'm not sure how the audiobook is going to be um whatever distributed uh that's the word i'm looking for um i'm not sure how it's going to be distributed but i can uh i can get that information from her and send it to you then yeah, yeah, and that way we just so we can plug it and, you know, we can maybe have you on just before it comes out in terms of, um, you know, the audiobook side of things. Um, but, yeah, man, I definitely want to I want to get behind it. It sounds like it's right up my alley. Um, so I just wanted to find out when we can get our hands on it. Uh, gotcha. Um, are you, and, and what are you currently working on? You working on anything at the moment? Right now I'm trying to uh, – I'm trying to bust out all of the – custom stuff for the kickstarter Mm -hmm. um as soon as that's done my wife is a school teacher and in america that they we get summers off for Mm -hmm. not she'll kill me if i say that (laughs) they they don't have a nine to five job anymore during during summer uh (laughs) um so during during summer she is actually going to be spending that nine to five with our daughter and I'm going to be spending that nine to five working on the sequel for four of a kind. And hopefully if things go well, then the third book and maybe the fourth book. And cause it, I'd like it to be a full series. I have an idea of where I want it to go. Um, I don't want it to be a one book and done kind of deal. I want it to be like Salvatore's where it's, if you want to stop reading 12 books in, you can, because yeah. you don't like the way he took Wolfgar, and that's okay. <laughs> like he, you've still got these 12 books you really enjoyed, and that's yeah. okay. So I, I'd like to be, I'd like to have something like that and just continue on and add more and more as time goes on. The hardest part is that my memory is just trash. Um, so for every page of work I do I have to reread every page I've written and have an encyclopedia full of notes where everything that I have created is specifically outlined I'm glad that I finally got my language program up and running um, because I actually went to school for programming uh, years and years ago and I wrote a little simple C++ program mm-hmm. that uh, helps me with language creation and translation. Okay. Um, so instead of having to do things Tolkien's way, where you sit down with a dictionary and just invent <laughs> a word for yeah. every word in the dictionary and move on, this thing walks you through how to create a language-ish. And then um, 
will let you translate in real time. So I can type in a phrase and it'll automatically translate it to uh, one of my creatures. Um, they aren't visibly in book one. They're spoilers. <laughs> but but they're they're a bigger uh, bigger player in book two. So oh. I'm definitely cool. looking forward to that. And I would I can assure you I'll be picking up a copy of the book as soon as it becomes available so I can read through because it sound, really sounds like my cup of tea. It's appreciated. And as I tell absolutely everybody, um, I'd love to know what you think. Um, I'm I'm not one of those authors who's going to say, oh, whatever you send me, I'm going to throw it in the trash. I'm one of those authors <laughs> who, like, there, there's a seventh grade girl whose dad reached out to me to let me know that his daughter had wrote a book report on my book. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. I wanted a copy of it. Like, <laughs> I wanted a copy of it so I could frame it and put it on my wall. Like, I, I forget talking about it, man. People, people think success as an author is making a whole bunch of money or something like that and in my mind you don't make it as an author until there's fanfic and there's fan art and there's people making D&D &D characters inspired by things in your book and yeah. that's the inspiration that you infect people with that's what makes you a successful author in my opinion I and I don't know that's just you can't beat that no, not at all. And that's that's the ultimate form of flattery. You know, that just it must make you feel as I said with the, the previous conversation we had about Anne Rice, you, it must make you feel really good to hear those stories. Yeah. And you know, when I was told about how adamantly she pursued people that wrote fanfic, mm -hmm. I was really happy that she did not see the one time I've ever done any kind of fanfic involving Anne Rice. Um, it was a old, like three years ago, a, a writing prompt on Reddit. Um, mm -hmm. And it was an arena battle between authors. Okay. And each author would show up to this arena battle and summon a character from their mm -hmm. world. And then all of those characters would just do battle, battle to the death, arena style in, in Rome. And uh, you know George R. R. Martin was there, and he actually got disqualified because <laughs> all his characters were already dead. Um, <laughs> but but uh, Lestat showed up as Anne Rice's representative, and uh, Edward Cullen showed up as um, oh God. Stephanie Myers, and the battle started, and Lestat just ran for him. <laughs> over there harry dresden is over there and the stat doesn't give a shit about anybody he's there to kill the sparkle bitch yes. <laughs> and it was I just it. i feel like she would have got a kick out of it but at the same time i don't know she was she was so iconic i i just i'm glad it never got ruined i would have hated to see a different side of her yeah I can just picture it now. Imagine you, you're commissioning a, an artist to Lestat standing on top of uh, Edward Cullen's body with his severed head holding him up like that. <laughs> Vampire bitch. That kind of thing, you know? But, I mean, Dresden got killed by Yoda. Um, <laughs> Jim, Jim Butcher, the, the author for the Dresden Files. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the yeah, Dresden yeah, yep. Files. But he's sitting in the stands and he's like, damn it. That would be Dresden, like he would just because he didn't even try. He was just like killed by Yoda. That's the way to go. <laughs> I love but, it. But I was in it. I was in it as well because that's how. After uh, I ran out of D and D campaigns to put my characters through, um, I started writing them into writing prompts so that mm -hmm. I could get a feel for even more things. So my one, the fourth character I mentioned, Gabrielle, is in it. Because um, she was the hardest for me to get into the headspace of, because mm -hmm. she's a seven-year-old girl with telekinetic powers that, that quad wields katanas, and I've never been that. No, because, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> just that's not that's not <laughs> any part of my life have I yeah. ever had telekinetic <laughs> powers to wield four swords at once. But I don't know. She's she she went from being a character who was supposed to die mm -hmm. to being one of my favorites if not my favorite like she oh, i like her i like her and that's the one Anne rice said uh claudia reminds her of 
I think that's just because anytime a seven-year-old girl is creepy and strong, yeah. <laughs> if you're familiar with Claudia, everyone's yeah. going to go, that kind of makes me think of Claudia. I'm definitely looking forward to that. So tell, would you want to tell our listeners where they can learn more about you, where they can find you, social media, that kind of thing? I am on Facebook and Twitter and um, I have, I have a whole bunch of links. Um, I think our, my best bet would be to, to email those to you. Um, Cause I would need to pull them up and find them. I really did not come uh, prepared for. That's for right. I'll, throw, I'll throw them on the screen aspect. and put them in the, in the uh, show notes. So. Okay. Okay. In the future. <laughs> okay <laughs> um cool well, thanks for coming on and uh um yeah if you when you when, anytime you want to come back on we we feel like we've really connected here because we're all nerds um and <laughs> we love talking to nerds um yeah so anytime you want to come back on let us know okay. we'll make it happen um okay. awesome thanks for coming on thanks for watching and listening guys and we'll catch you next time and watchers, Jamie here. I just wanted to take a second to let you know that I too am an author, and I have two books of my own. One, Letters from the Emu War. Based on a real-life event, it tells the story of the time when the Australian Army declared war on 20,000 flightless birds and lost. This book is written from the perspective of those who won. And two, Bucks Night. First in a trilogy of novellas, it's about a medieval-themed Bucks party that is interrupted by the zombie apocalypse. You can find them both on Amazon by following the links in the show notes.